So Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and I'm here today with not one, not two, but three special guest co-hosts and we are here for our annual post-Acaticon recap show. So joining me today uh, at the top, at least on my screen, is screen, not screen, screen is Tom. Tom, say hello to everyone. Hey, 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 it, it's, it's Tom, you know coming at you i still need i'm still trying to come up with my my opening like line i i'm just workshopping stuff so there's lots of different things i'm gonna be throwing out here in the coming just future keep, michael keep workshopping it okay eventually i will mm-hmm. one. so something uh, so, feels right so quick check um how many acaticons have you attended oh so i attended the first public acaticon so acaticon in the woods that was my first one so i don't know how many that would be Should this be was five? the this would be six if you, because the first two were at my house and we skipped Ooh. eight, even though we're keeping the numbers. Yeah. Okay. okay. So six. All right. That's a lot of my life. It is. And this is your first year as a, as a faculty. So I definitely want to talk about that, but we're going to go through the list of all our co-hosts first and right below me again, not in status or, in, or anything like that, but just on my screen is Brad. Brad, say hello to everyone. Hey everybody. How are you doing tonight? And finally below him again, not in status, just on the, the screen is Ryan. Ryan, say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody out there. Excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. We had a couple other faculty that participated this year and helped out. Jared was there. Chris was there. Michael was there. I'm missing anybody. I don't think so. But unfortunately, they weren't able to jump on the call. We want to keep this pretty short. We're going to talk about some of the great things that happened this year in Acaticon. A little bit of stuff that maybe we're going to talk about, tweaks for the future. But for the most part, I just want to talk about the stuff that we really enjoyed and had fun with. So I'm going to go in reverse order. I'm actually going to start with Ryan here. So Ryan, tell me one thing that happened this year that you just was super excited about, was super fun, or just makes you, you know, excited maybe for the future of the show. You know, my favorite thing is always talking to people and meeting people in person because we have a really good audience and we have really good connections through the sites we use, Twitter and Facebook uh, and Discord. But my favorite thing is always talking to people. And this year I got to sit down and play with at, with, at tables with um, our fans, uh, several people that we talk through on our Discord every day and got to meet them, got to know them. Um, and that was actually pretty fun for me. Besides the fact that I got to do it with my son and watched him game, that's always kind of my thing because Catacon happens on my son's birthday, and now he's a gamer, and uh, he actually got up from the table, walked around one of our tables on our RPG session, and had it like an in like a you know at a game discussion with another player about their characters and their friendship in the game, and I was like, that's pretty cool for a kid that's 11 to do that, and then you know they had this ongoing thing in this game that we played over a couple of hours. Um, and to see that kind of growth and maturity, um, was awesome along with, uh, knowing that the people at the table were comfortable with him and that, you know, he fit in and these were people that, um, you know, you finally get to meet and put a face to. So my positives are always about the players and about meeting new people, um, and enjoying the game. All right. Fantastic. And, and Brad, what about you? What's a, one of hopefully many, but what's one thing that comes to your mind was a really good positive thing for this year. The best part about it was sounds happy, but it was being there with you guys and, and the rest simply because I've missed the past several faculty retreats due to life and, you know, everything else that's gone on these past two years, but it, it was great just to be there with all of you guys. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll, I will second that. Um, I did have the opportunity. I did do the faculty retreat. We did kind of late um, 
th this year we didn't do it at the regular time because of COVID situation, but we did have one and uh, it was great. Like it's, it's truly like a healing for the soul situation, getting together with some amazing people and having some games and it's just, it's a fun time. So I'm glad you got to participate this year um, and I hope glad you had a good time. Uh, just to go in order, I'll say for me, I had a lot of highlights this year. This was a really good year for me in a lot of ways. I actually played more games this year than I have ever played at a Catacon, uh, just because of circumstances. I got to try out um, the game I'm working on. I ran three play tests. Each one of them went good to great. Uh, but I still got some feedback that are going to help make the game better. But ultimately, the murder mystery was the highlight of a Catacon for me. It once again was an amazing event. I continue to make little tweaks. There was a tweaks this year. There'll be tweaks next year, but it was great. Everybody there seemed to have a really good time. We had chocolate cake. So, you know, that, that, all, that automatically makes it a B. And then on top of it, we had some amazing uh, role players and moments. And uh, I think the way it was tweaked this year worked the best yet as far as actually the mystery being engaging too, not just the LARP action. And it ended in the most dramatically appropriate way possible with the killer being revealed at the last possible round they could be revealed with a natural 20 roll on an ability that forces people to confess if they did something wrong. I could not have scripted it any better than that. So that was truly a highlight for me. All right, Tom, again, and I want you to talk a little bit too about the fact that this was your first year as a faculty. If you want to throw any of that change in, I'd love to hear it. Correction, Michael. This is my second year. As what? Faculty. Okay, well, never you, mind. So I know I that, that sounded funny. Yeah, yeah. Your face, then. yeah, no, no. I know that a catacomb is very stressful for you, and you, you tend to forget things, and <laughs> the brain cells are fried. But yeah, it's my second year, Michael. So that one, I'll forgive you. So, okay. Well, the so, first one was right. probation. It's a super secret okay. probation. You didn't even know that. So technically, <laughs> in my mind, this is your first. Okay, one. gotcha. Okay. So highlight for me. This is kind of always for a catacomb is teaching people new games. So a catacon is my chance to try out new con games. So I got to, I got to run forbidden lands, which I run a lot of, but when you get to run a game at a convention, you typically get play people who've never played the game before and they get to try it out. So I got to play with two people who've played it. Um, and then three players who haven't, and they mostly played, had played D and D and, or at least that's what kind of I was the vibe I was getting from them. And they had an absolute blast with it. And that to me, when I get to share something that I love so much and other people are like, this is amazing. Why have I not been doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. Now you can. And so that was awesome. They had a great time playing Forbidden Lands. They're like, uh, one of the players has already went out and bought the game. They're talking about like going and using the, the travel rules for the game. And I just love teaching people new games. And so that's what I feel like is one of my highlights of a catacomb because there's so many people who come who want to learn about RPGs. And so they try out things that they've never gotten to play before. So it's just always a great time. So I, well, I want to touch on that. I bought it like post Catacon day one right yeah. away. So you did something right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and I want to touch on that because that is something that is very, very dear, near and dear to my heart is, you know, a Catacon is completely this, this thing that started in my basement. It came spring from my mind and from Caleb. And, you know, it's grown and it's changed and it's evolved, that kind of thing. But at its heart, it was about playing games with friends, as we like to say, old and new. 
And one of the ways that I try to do that is we do have a sort of an incentive for people who get GM badges, but it's nowhere near like a larger con like Origins or Gen Con where you can get free badge, free hotel. You know, you get all this swag and stuff if you run games. I would love to be able to do that, but we're just probably never going to be in that case. But for me, the selling point is you're get a G, you get a GM badge because there's a game that you love that you want to share with other people. And I think that's what a catacon is sort of it makes it special for a lot of people because that seems to be the majority of the people who get the GM badge. It's not just people who are just looking to get a cheaper badge. It's that they know that I love this game and I get to share it with other people. And in addition, I get like a half price badge and it's like a win-win yeah. for everybody. So I, I love that you also embodied that, but I think most of our GMs and, you know, even people don't get to the We have VIPs who spend the most possible money. They still run games. Targris ran Mountain Home this year, and I ran across a guy in one of my games, and he said that was the highlight. The Mountain yeah. Home game that Targris ran was their highlight of the, the con. Targris doesn't have to run anything. They're a VIP. They paid like 90 bucks for their ticket. Yeah. But those are the type of people who do run games at a Catagon or people who love them. Um, sorry, I'll step off my soapbox now. Uh, anything else from you, Tom? uh no that was my highlight we'll get into other stuff that was kind of like running forbidden lands for people who loved it was great all right fantastic so i'll go back around to you ryan um so is there anything else from a positive standpoint an interaction you had a game you got to play just anything else again we're not going to go like a thousand times but is there anything else in particular that stood out to you as a positive you'd like to share yeah actually um and I talked to uh i mentioned this to you and i had a, a long conversation with uh michael from Redemption podcast that was there um but while i was running the uh registration desk with um i mean i think i was playing a game with my son at the time um there was a gentleman on saturday night that was kind of eyeballing the table he was standing near the restroom waiting for his girlfriend um and i could see him just kind of looking at things and uh i asked him if he had any questions and he came over and started asking about stuff and they were not there at the dcc for a catacomb they were there for one of the other events that uh that was there and i ended up talking to this gentleman for 15 20 minutes um about what a catacomb is and what they did and come to find out he has um a niece and nephew that uh had some disabilities uh autism in particular but they play games like this one of them is big into anime the other one is big into video games and i said have you done something like this before and he goes how oh, we've tried but we've had not had much success um and i said well you need to check us out and um the the oh gosh um it made me feel good talking to this guy and letting him know that this is a kind of place where uh, a kid like that 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 has um some potential problems would be accepted and can express themselves as 13, 14 year old kids uh, because a catacomb is a place for everybody. And as long as they have a guardian there and, and things are okay at the table, they can excel at games like that for us um, because that's, we're open to everybody. And uh, the feeling that I got and just the, the acceptance that he understood um, that this is where you go to play games and we're here to have fun and, it, it was, um, as a, as a dad, uh, as a, as a parent, um, you know, and as a lover of games, it kind of, it was a very, uh, heartwarming conversation I had with this gentleman. Um, and that stood out to me, uh, just saying, Hey, we're here to have fun and we're here to play games and, uh, we want you to come. doesn't matter what, the, you know, just show up and, uh, and yeah. be a part of the group. 
I actually ended up talking to him as well, and I told him I'd give him a free badge for both of them. So, um, well, that's come, that's awesome. I'm glad I didn't know next you year, to him, for but, free. But uh, yeah, it was as far as my interactions with people. This guy wasn't even part of the con; he just had some questions, and sometimes just informing people and and telling them that we're here to, uh, like our sign says, um, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. You know. Yep. Bring all kinds; doesn't matter. As long as I you definitely come away had a con right this year because I had a good time. Yeah, no, th this catacon felt really good this year, all the way around. Yep. All right, Brad. Anything else from you? Yeah, I'll give a shout out to my the uh, every year I run my my conventions game is is I run Monsters of the Week or uh, it's the same scenario I run every year, um, and it is vastly different based on whoever sits down at the table. And just a, a shout out to the to the crew this year um, who who played. I think I had the most fun this year running that game that I've had since you know I, I've been running it. They were fantastic role players, and it was it was just over the top a great time. So um, thank you guys very much. All right. Um, as for myself, again, I got to play in games this year. One of the things that we did, and I know we've done this before, but it, it felt to me or seemed to me it was happening more is running games at the desk. Like, you know, there are people that came up and during down times, they were either teaching a game or they just wanted to play a game and they would bring, you know, people in, other faculty members. Just sometimes we had, I think we had a vendor at one point that was slow and they came in to play the game. And I got to play more games because I did that this year to the point that we're, I've redesigned what the desk will look like next year to help facilitate even more of this. Uh, one of the things I, I would like to do is maybe even have like a, a, like a designated time, like, you know, this is a game I love, like Marvel Legendary. I will teach this game and almost put it in like an event. And, you know, I'll do it at the desk because I kind of need to be there. But uh, I, just, I really like the idea of us faculty getting to play games because I know for most of us, we work the desk the majority of the time we're there. So being able to let us also enjoy the con. And I, you know, I may be wrong, but I like to think that the the attendees who got to play in those games with us felt like that was as just as valid as any other event, maybe even more so, uh, because you know I, I'm going to say this tongue in cheek, but I have been told that there are some people who come to a catacon who have listened to our podcast for years. They feel like they know us because they've listened to hundreds and hundreds of hours of us playing. And it's kind of like we are a celebrity. And again, I hate using that word, but basically they are fans of ours. So them getting to play in a game with us is kind of a cool thing for them. And I know at least one person in particular got to play in a game with a faculty and that was an element of it. So that made me really happy as well that I got to play more games and that other people got to play games with me. So that was definitely a, a fun time, a fun time for me this year, more so than in years past. All right. I love that, that same thing, Michael. Sorry. I'm sorry. I ended up no i ended up running a game on friday night for somebody that asked me how to play something and ended up spending two and a half hours teaching them um you know and and every game that i played in um which was three of them this year um counting the one that i helped run was with a, a guest or a um a patron or somebody that follows us and listens to our show regularly and um i feel i don't i don't feel like a, a celebrity but i feel like I i'm better able to connect with those people you know and it when we talk over discord or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, uh, the meaning, the, the interactions are more meaningful, you know, and there's more behind them. And, um, it's, I, it, it's, it's nice to get to know everybody. It really is. And yeah, so as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts myself, 
I understand that there is this weird sort of connection you get with hosts that, you know, I've, I've listened to these other people talk for, you know, hundreds of hours. So I feel like I know them. Now, if I actually met them in person, they would have no idea who the hell I am, but I feel like we're friends because of the sort of the intimate nature of podcasting and how it is the, you know, in my mind, the best thing about a podcast is that it's almost like you're in the room just talking with your friends about things that interest you, whether it be movies or games or whatever. So from that aspect, I do understand the, you know, we are, we are friends with people who we don't know in that regard, which fits right into what a catacomb does. So I, I'm really glad for that as well. Uh, Tom, what about you? Uh, one thing real quick, Michael. Uh, yeah. A catacomb improvement. We should have an open. I love the idea of having an open play table at the desk because I, when I ever, I was at the desk, like you said, I just played games. So I feel like guests know, like they just come to the table. There's going to be somebody there who will play a game with them if they ask. So yes, I love that idea. Okay. So one of the things that we really don't talk about a whole lot is how great our vendors are. Okay. So the, one of the highlights for me this year was the vendors. I felt like there were so many great creative people who came to the convention. And I honestly, all right, look, Michael, you're the numbers guy. Um, you talk to the vendors. I'm there, you know, to provide that, that charisma and extra level that people love. All right. So, but so the, I just thought that there was so many great vendors and I really do hope that they made a whole lot of money because I bought a bunch of stuff. And the two that I really want to shout out to mighty pie design. All right. They draw these potato figures, like potato Pokemon. You know what I'm talking? They're very, very cute, fat Pokemon. I bought a bunch of stuff for my kids. They love it. But one of the other things that Mighty Pie did was they also draw Sailor Moon characters. All right. So I bought a Sailor, I bought a Sailor Venus uh, uh, print for my daughter. And I shared it on Twitter because, unfortunately, Ryan with the character creation cast couldn't come this year because of extenuating circumstances he got pneumonia he was like in the hospital yeah like the day before terrible. catacon so he definitely had an excuse to not be there yeah and he's one of he i mean his name on twitter is like neptune like lord neptune he's a huge fan of sailor neptune uh, and so what i did was i just shared this picture i was like hey i know this is the sailor venus and i tagged mighty pie in it and they were like Oh, this is great. And they went home that evening and just sketched up Sailor Neptune, like to show us. And I was like, this is awesome. You're great. People go buy their stuff. Like it was just, it was just such a cool experience for that. So I, I love that we have that level of just connection with our vendors. It's just super cool. Uh, but then the other one was I went ahead and I bought Weird Scouts uh, for my kids. And Weird Scouts is done by an absolute amazing uh, designer. And I, I'm blanking on the name right now. It's Robert. It's Wicked Clever yes, Games. Wicked, Wicked Clever Games. So I went and I saw this and I was like, this looks really cool. Can you tell cool. me about it? Brad with and, the save maybe? And you, you, Turk. There you go. So, but, so Robert, <laughs> you ask any game designer, can you tell me about your game? They love that. All right. So we basically had a little mini show and tell, and I want to have him on the show just so we can talk about this game because Weird Scouts is just an incredible game. He really did think about what kids need at the table and really kind of really was able to do it really in a clever way and made a great game. And I'm super excited to play it with my kids. So just 
all the great vendors. I just had such a great time talking to them. I was so glad that they came and shared their art. So that, that was a highlight for me. All right. Fantastic. And, you know, again, there were so many moments within, I think the VIP mixer, though it actually turned out to be like just a mixer on Thursday because there weren't that many VIPs came this year is always a fun time. We got to play throw, throw burrito, uh, with Jared, which we'll tell you fun times. <laughs> uh, we played so, that Saturday night too. And Oh God, <laughs> I actually, I went, I went out and bought that game. I now own it and I have played with my kids and they love it as well. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. So definitely that was, a, that was a highlight of the con for me as well, but there are still things that we want to improve upon every single year. Now it, this was a weird year. We ended up hitting about 33 to 35% attendance to what our numbers were in 2019, which was our biggest year uh, to date, which we had a little over 500 people. But that is right in line with all the other local conventions, CincyCon, CityCon, LexiCon, even Origins, I think, was around 30%. So we did pretty much what we should have expected to do, but we want to do better. And part of that, I think we'll just have more people come next year because, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed that we were on the other side of this COVID thing by then. But every year I like to like try to figure out what we can tweak, what we can do a little bit better. Uh, one thing I've done, I've sent out a survey. I do this every year as well. So if you have not done the survey yet, if you attended a catacon and you missed it, it was in a, a newsletter blast. It was on the tabletop events updates and it went out as a Kickstarter update. So you should have access to it in one of those three places. Please take some time and fill it out. It really is helpful to us. Now, there are some things we can't control, like every year someone complains about the food situation. I'm with you, but there's nothing I can do about that. Um, I know one person complained this year about the other events that were happening at the same time, particularly the MMA fight. I'm with you, but there's nothing I could do about it unless I wanted to buy that room too. I, I, I don't have the ability to keep right. other people hey, from running other spaces. So it's not that that's not a valid concern. But it's also not in any way something we could affect. So if you please could leave some feedback, things that would make us make it easier for us to do a better job next year. Uh, but Ryan, one thing from you, do you have any idea, either someone, someone has told you or tweaks you're thinking of, something we can do better to make it an even better experience going forward? Um, I'll let Tom go first. He's yes. itching to say something. I yeah, think. yeah. Michael, I want to stop you real quick. All right. Because you just straight up mentioned that there was an MMA fight. For anyone who wasn't at a catacomb this year, and you're like, but you listen to the podcast, you're like, what? Yes, there was a full-on cage fight next to our convention. And you know what? I got to say, it was incredible because the dichotomy of people that were at the Dayton Convention Center with between having a nerd convention and then an MMA fight. And let's not forget that there was also a gospel convention happening at the exact same time. Yeah. This was the year of years for the Dayton Convention Center. So anyway, uh, Ryan, yes, go ahead. I just needed to you know, throw that little antidote out there. No, it's good that you did, Tom, because as far as things go, you couldn't have had a more diverse group at the Dayton Convention Center. And I can't even remember another year where we were there at the same time with another large group like that. No, this is the first time that's ever happened. Sunday, there was, a, there was a Dance Academy event there as we were clearing up. So, I mean, you've got a whole the whole spread of what could possibly be, you know, uh, going on there. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it definitely made the weekend interesting. All right. But any, uh, any tweaks, suggestions or feedback you got in person you want to share with everybody? Um, not really. I mean, um, you know, we, we did what we could for the size. Um, I think really, honestly, it feels like the only things that we could improve on are dependent upon the number of guests we have. The more people that we get, 
you know, obviously the, the more money that we're able to, to throw at the convention and make things bigger and have more space available. Um, and I think that, you know, the situation we run into with the, uh, the, open, uh, the open gaming tables and the f- uh, free-to-play games, um, having those in maybe another room or another area. Um, but that's, again, that dependent on the number of people. Um, you know, uh, I think overall we do a pretty good job of trying to keep things separated and spread out. Um, you know, the, we get asked about Wi-Fi and stuff and what's available again, that's dependent on the number of people that we have. So given our situation and what's available to us, I think that, and 95% of this is you, Michael, do an outstanding job of appropriating, uh, the resources that were given there at the DCC and, and the space we have making it the best for everybody. All right, well, I appreciate that, uh, Brad. I know you, you've been sort of the designated um, survey filterer because I'm that person that there can be a hundred positive comments and one person says, I didn't like this. And I obsessively just focus on the, the negative. So is there anything you got in person, your own suggestions or something you want to filter from the survey on what, what we might try to do better next year? So overall, the surveys have been pretty darn positive. Um, there, there have been, you know, as you mentioned, the standard comments about food uh, at the DCC. Um, and unfortunately, there's, as Michael said, and there's nothing we can do uh, about that. Um, the, there, the, the, a lot of the comments were in the lines of kind of things we've already talked about. It was, you know, being so great to actually be out at a convention again, back in the, you know, the quote unquote family and everything. Um, They've just really a a full, at least 75% of them were were very much, you know, on the positive side of things. And we haven't really dug into them super, super deep, except, you know, a read, a read through the comments. There hasn't been any analysis or anything like that that's gone on yet. So Mm. the back of the envelope math there is, um, pretty scratchy <laughs> all right but anything from you anything you saw anything you would like to suggest for us to again make things a little bit better next year um i really like the uh the talk about you know come coming and playing games with the academy um with, with the faculty having you know a couple you know round tables out uh, i think that'll be i think that'll be a, a, a really nice change for those of us working the convention and maybe people um who are looking for something to do maybe their their game got canceled or um they didn't have anything in the morning and they were you know who wanted to change it up from playing at the game library and we could play with more people here mm-hmm. so um i i'm really excited to see that next year i think that'll be a lot of fun you know that brings up actually comes to mind brad actually is maybe a highlight game of the night michael um with one of the one of the academy people um, put it in a side room, kind of up on a, up on a little platform, you know, um, if people aren't doing anything, they can come watch the players and the stuff, um, or similar to kind of like a, you know, a live session would be type of thing. But, you know, even if we don't give it a special room, you can say, Hey, highlighted game this evening is run by member of the RPG Academy, uh, type of thing, or, you know, one at starting at six o'clock and one starting at eight o'clock. So the people can kind of choose, well, oh, maybe try this game, you know, um, maybe a highlighted game of the day or something like that. 
and we open did, throw uh, throw a burrito tournament. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be dude. Fun. I'm telling you, man. Well, I don't. We, our insurance costs would go up too high for that. <laughs> Uh, Probably. But our first year at the Lodge, we had a uh, public dread game that Caleb ran, and uh, I got to be a player in it, and that was a ton of fun. We actually had quite a few people come and watch that and just, you know, get to see, because it's almost like a LARP performance type of thing, and particularly with the players that we had. So that was a lot of fun. That, that's definitely something. Uh, so, Tom, I'm going to go to you next, because I want to do the last bit here, and I know you've got several things we've already talked about, so maybe just hit, yeah. hit a highlight <clears throat> or two, but, but what okay. do you think we can improve on, easily improve on for next year? Okay, so weekend of the convention, I had fun. So I have no, like, no changes for the weekend of the convention. Great, all right. I'm terrible about that. But, okay, but my all my stuff is, we've kind of talked, this is kind of getting to nitty gritty, kind of leading up to the convention. Because I kind of do, you kind of do all the, most of the convention stuff. And I do more, I do a lot of podcast stuff. And that's what I really think we can do a little bit better as far as, the marketing of the convention and the brand synergy, you know, the, the big business words. All right. So like, I would love if you're, I want to tell more people about a catacon. It's so hard to, you know, we were so passionate about this uh, and we just want to tell more people about it. So if we're going to do a little bit better job, you know, reaching out to folks, having us on their podcast, telling more people about a catacon, figuring out what is marketing, you know, it's like this weird thing uh, that we are not great at, but, you know, we try our best. But if you're listening to this and you have a show, no matter how tiny that show is, and if you want to talk to me or Michael, you can reach out to us at therpgacademy at gmail.com or tom.therpgacademy at gmail.com and we will come on your show and we will talk to you about a catacon and why it is the best tabletop rpg convention in dayton in november so yeah guaranteed guaranteed so (laughs) yeah no there's just a lot of stuff i want to do a little bit better as far as leading up to the convention and i think we are all on the same page there yeah and and marketing truly is probably our biggest actual opportunity And, and i've said that to many people like if people were coming up and i would when I was working the desk, I would often ask, you know, have you been here before? And anybody who said no, I then would follow up. Well, okay, great. How did you hear about us? And it was usually from a friend or from a podcast. Cause we did have a couple podcasts that did mention us or I, I was on this year, but not nearly as many as we've done in the past. Uh, one person, I think they said they saw a flyer in one of the game stores, but we have people who fly from out of state from as far as California. We've had one gentleman who has come in as far as from Sweden in the past Yet we have people who live in Dayton who have no idea that there is a three-day convention within four miles of them. And trying to figure out how to reach those people is our easiest and yet most difficult opportunity. Like, how do we get that saturation, that market saturation, to use some more marketing terms? Because it's great if, you know, if we can get 10 more people to fly from California, amazing. But how how much resources do we have to spend to get 100 people who live in Dayton to come check us out, even if it's just for a day? So that's our biggest opportunity, I think, as far as because because it all scales like the more people that show up, the more money we have, the more money we have, the more things we can do. And I think it just starts with getting more people and trying to figure out ways that we can do that. Uh, So, again, I'll throw it to the audience. If you have either marketing experience or in Dayton or both, please contact us. Let us know what opportunities we can we can, you know, be looking for. I know in in years past, we've usually had an article that comes out in the local paper. 
But the way they work that is they want the article to come out the same time the event is happening. So usually it's like the Saturday of the event is when the newspaper article hits. And it's too late, in my opinion, for that because everyone's already made plans for the weekend. I, we need that article to come out a month ahead of time or when the Kickstarter is live, that kind of thing. Um, so we're looking at, obviously, opportunities for marketing. Uh, so the big thing I want to say as we start to wrap things up is will there be an event next year? Probably like, you know, I say this every year, every year it's a, maybe we will do it again. And every year we have done it again, except for obviously last year. Uh, the biggest opportunity though, for us this coming next year is that the prices at the DCC are being raised substantially, like multi hundred percent increases in some cases to the, to the point that we're, there's no way we could afford the convention center next year. If we don't have more people, like it would just, it would literally like, I would not necessarily lose my house, but I would be in severe <laughs> financial debt. We can't do that. So we want to have the convention. We're going to work with the DCC, but we are also going to explore other places that could potentially house us. So stay tuned for more information, but almost guaranteed it will be somewhere. It just may not be at the DCC. I personally want to keep it in Dayton. I kind of like the fact that we are kind of the only real show in Dayton. I think Cincinnati already has plenty of conventions. I think Dayton is a great place to have it. Uh, but Dayton Convention Center, just their price schedule for next year terrifies me. So uh, more than likely, yes, stay tuned for more information. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes to this episode for our mailing list. So if you are interested in coming and you didn't hit it while you were at the convention or, you know, you, you've never come before, but you might, please click that link to subscribe because it makes it easy for us to hit everybody with one communication method rather than having to do 15, 20. All right. So one last time around the horn, Ryan, anything else you want to touch on uh, about this year or beyond before we wrap up? Um, this year felt really good just to get back to gaming, uh, to spend time with you guys, to spend time with uh, the fans of the show. Um, and if you haven't picked it up yet, and this is the first episode of, of RPG Academy that you're listening to, um, one, why, two, um, if it is, um, I hope you get the idea that we do this because we love it and we enjoy it. Um, and I know, Michael, you just said the talked about the DCC raising their prices. Michael doesn't put all the legwork into this to, to make money. I mean, you know, it'd be great. He's, he's on the record for saying it's great if he could. Um, but we do this because it's a passion of ours and we help Michael because we love it. Um, and we, we enjoy it. Uh, so, you know, come and see what it's about. Even if it's for a day, come hang out with us. And I guarantee you won't be disappointed. You walk away having a bunch of fun. I very much agree. I'm not sure what else there is to say, but I will still give Brad and Tom an opportunity. Anything you'd like to add to that, sir? Uh, that was bravo. Bravo. Great job. All right, Tom, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, of course, Michael. All right. So the <laughs> what? a few things. First, I think that you mentioned there's too many conventions in Cincinnati. This is true. So what we need to do is we will train me in MMA and we'll challenge the other convention host to a fight and we'll do like a battle royale and whoever wins gets to host their convention in cincinnati that's my plan this I'm, is a great plan i'm I the reasonable it. one on this podcast so all right so Tom, serious you'd be a better announcer than you would fighter oh my word i would love that but all right so serious thing okay so <laughs> coming to a catacon gives you the opportunity to play in so many cool games i didn't even mention my super primo dread game with 
music and lights in a dark room. And it was amazing. And me, I was a fool and thought that I'd never run dread before. And I was like, Oh, none, nobody is going to be playing. who's played dread before all of my players have played dread before. And I was the only one who had never played dread before. And I was running the game, but it still turned out amazing. That's what I'm saying. So you get just the, there's just so many great games at a catacon, like not just the ones that we run, but there's just, you mentioned Targaryen mountain home. And there's just so many great games you saw with like people using props and people who just really love the games that they run. So you get, you, you very, very rarely do you have that cliche bad convention game at a catacon. So just got to throw that out there by coming you're by not coming, you're missing out on some great games. So yeah, that's, that's my two cents. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you joining me today, taking time out of your day for this episode. I completely just without words, want to thank you for what you do at a catacon. Uh, You know, Ryan said it, no one gets paid you know, for, for coming to a catacomb, it's all volunteer work. Uh, I, I like to try to break even or maybe make a little bit of money that didn't happen this year, but I lost less than I thought I was. So in a weird kind of logic, it's almost like I made money. It's a Michael thing. Don't worry about it. Um, as long as we can be sustainable, we're going to continue to do this. And we want it to grow because we believe in this. This is a quote unquote product that we believe in because we do think it is a, it's a special thing. And the more people that come and, and join in, it will hopefully grow over time to the point that maybe it is profitable and we can start paying people because that'd be great. Uh, but even without that, we're going to keep having it as best we can, where we can, when we can, because it's a ton of fun. Uh, so just lastly, there will be links in the show notes to uh, the mail mailing list. So if you do want to hear more about it, please click on the link and subscribe. And again, if you have a show that you would want one of us to be a guest on, please reach out. If you have any marketing experience that you'd be willing to share with us, please reach out. If you are local to Dayton and you have ideas and places that we could just like put up flyers. I think we did most of the game stores in the public library, but we did them really late this year. We probably need to do that like a month earlier than we did, but we're open to any and all suggestions. So with that, we will say, remember folks, if you're having fun, you're doing it. You're right. doing it right. right. Fantastic. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. 
The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.